You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Yeah, I mean, I mean, to be honest, I mean, it sounds it sounds a bit shit to say, but like we have, like Lynn said, we've become so tight as a unit now, the three of us. Like we are, if you see us live now, we're a different beast altogether. This is like, this is, the best we have ever been. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, brought to you by Sound Telemedia and Evergreen Podcasts, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians to talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. We've had a killer week so far. This Vox and Hops episode is presented by Heavy Montreal. Heavy Montreal are Montreal's premier metal promoter. They put on a bunch of killer gigs all year long. Coming up this week, they have a monstrous thrash event featuring Testament, Exodus, and Death Angel. If you would like to get your tickets to this awesome event here in Montreal, head on over to heavymontreal.com. I have put that link in the description of this podcast. I am beyond stoked to have Heavy Montreal behind the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. Now, before we jump into today's episode, I'd just like to ask you to follow the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast on the podcast platform of your choice. And I would like to make a little announcement. I'm very stoked to announce that the four-year anniversary party for the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast will be taking place on October 29th at Turbo House. This is a massive event. I'm so stoked. I'm going to be conducting a live interview, a head-to-head discussion between Sébastien Crateau, the extreme vocal expert, and Pascal. Germain Berardi, the professional classical vocalist, extreme metal versus classical vocals. It's going to be such a blast. This event starts at 8 p.m. The live podcast between Sébastien and Pascal will be starting around 9 p.m. And then we will have a very special performance by one of my favorite Montreal-based bands, The Great Sabatini, will be performing. It's going to be a night full of life, metal, and craft beer. I can't wait to be there. Come hang out with me to celebrate the four-year anniversary of Vox and Hops. Once again, that event is happening on October 29th at Turbo House. Saturday night party fun. Let's do it, people. Now, today on the podcast, I'm very stoked to be back with Lynn Jeffs and Jason Evans of Ingested. Get ready, everyone. This is Vox and Hops, episode number 366. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everyone? Today, I am back with Jason Evans and Lynn Jeffs of Ingested. Boys, it's been a long-ass time. They've kept us apart. I don't like this. How are you guys doing? We're good, man. Yes. Yeah, yeah really good, man. Keeping busy. How are you? I'm good. Busy as well. Uh, you guys are back doing what you're supposed to be doing. You, uh, Before the pandemic, I'll quit your jobs to, uh, you know, do a band full time. And then, uh, you know, the world stepped in and made uh, that a problem. So, so talk to me uh, about those, those, those years, those years, plural, the shitty years. Uh, how did you guys cope with 2020, 2021? Uh, you know, you you, you were supposed to be a full-time touring band, but someone said no. Well, prior to the pandemic, uh, coming to fruition, we had about three months of touring back to back, uh, along with recording we're only God's made tread in, in the middle of that in December. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were on tour in Europe with uh, Decapitated, uh, Beyond Creation, who are one of some of your guys from Canada, yes. uh, Lorna Shaw, yes. Viscera. Yes. Uh, that was a month-long tour. We did a week in Europe. We came back to the UK. 
to do the UK leg, played one show in London, and then Trump had closed all the borders or was about to close all the borders, which had meant that uh, Lorna Shaw were planning to fly home. Uh, the same thing was happening in Spain for me, so I had, I had to fly home as well. Um, so that was that. Um, no one really knew what was going on, as, as was replete across the uh, society, really. Um, and then for that time, we... Well, we obviously had the album to be, to be released. We delayed the album release because it was supposed to be released in June of 2020. Um, and then we postponed it to August because fucking all shit was just up in the air, basically. And we were like, let's just delay it as long as we fucking can just to see if anything gets better. Obviously, it didn't. Um, uh, so during that time, we obviously had a huge debt to pay <laughs> because we had a month's <laughs> worth of merch uh, to sell for that tour, which we only sold a week's worth of. So we had like thousands and thousands of, of pounds to pay off, which we we paid off throughout the pandemic, which was difficult. Um, but thankfully, I, I, and it wasn't just our, our fans, but I think the, the metal community in general, I think all pulled together and just started supporting all the bands as, as well as they could. Um, and our online sales went up, as as did every, everybody's, and it really, really helped us get through, to be quite honest. But during that time, we planned as much as we can, uh, as, we, as much as we could for the world to uh, reopen, um, which is why we're kind of flat out right now. Um, all the things that we're doing now have been in motion for that whole 18 months or, you know, 24 month period. So here we are now. Hell yes. Always planning and jested. I like that. Always on top of the game, knowing what's going on. It, it comes from years of doing it, though. And and you guys put a lot of work into that. So just putting pause and then having you guys come back at full tilt is exactly what I would expect. It comes from you from making mistakes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> how about you, Jason? What, what how was those years when when you're you know the Slam King had to sit down off of his throne a little bit? That's tough on the ego. First off. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was. It it was really tough. I'm not gonna lie. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie and say that it wasn't tough because it was it was really tough. It was tough financially. Like Lynn said, it was tough. It was tough mentally as well. Like, do you know what I mean? Because it's like you're stuck in your fucking house and you can't do shit. So, I mean, we in that time we managed to write and record another album as well. So, <laughs> which is the album that'll be coming out later this year. And so we did, we did kind of stay busy. I, I started streaming as well, which, which was really fun. And it gave me another way to connect to, to like our fans as well. Um, yeah. So yeah, I just kind of did that. But I mean, other than that, it was just, it was dad mode, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, we get to spend a lot of time with our children, which was, was a blessing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's nice to you know, do the yin and yang, yeah. which, which is nice to, to be there and then not be there. But we were there a lot, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we were there a lot. <laughs> we love them. We love them very, very much. More than As anything. All, very, very, very <laughs> Vox and Hops is all about hanging out with my metal friends, talking about their lives and music while sharing a craft beer. What beers are you guys sipping on today that we're going to be well, sharing virtually? Me, During me and the Lynn, pandemic, we yeah. got our shit together as well. So neither of us drink anymore. Uh, no way I'm congrats not a, that's I'm not amazing. drinking two years but what's getting me through is these zero percent beers in Spain <laughs> hell yeah these are amazing. the lightsabers I'm on a I'm on an amber zero zero which is from Zaragoza which is in the northish of Spain 
That is amazing. Congrats, boys. Yes, That you. makes me very happy because you guys partied hard. So yeah, yeah, we it's, 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 <laughs> yeah, we did. You, you partied enough for your whole life. Yeah, which, which, yeah. which is... We platinum yeah. that. We completed it. <laughs> so now we're completing, now we're completing sobriety. <laughs> Good for you guys. We are way better these days. <laughs> I will uh, drink for, for all three of yes. us then. Please do. Uh, Let us live vicariously uh, through you. <laughs> I will right now. A huge shout out to to uh, Thomas from At The Gates and Dave Woody from Municipal Waste for hooking me up with this beer. This is Wake Brewing. It's the brand new collab that they made for At The Gates, The Flames of the End. It's an 8.2% double IPA with cloudberries. Stoked to try this with you guys. 8.2%. I would be smashed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to drink it to you. I'd be steaming after that. I'd be crying in the corner. <laughs> I'm trying to, trying to open a, a fence that isn't a gate. <laughs> I'm going to pour this out. I had it written right here. Typically, I ask people when they come back on what their beer evolution is. So your evolution is a de-evolution, which is, which is interesting. Take me to those days of, of when you... Because I know, Lynn, you were always off and on a little bit. I tried. Uh, even yeah, I mean, at, I, before the pandemic hit. Talk to me about the taking that decision of just stopping. I think like the, prior to the pandemic, I think I, I kind of was starting to understand that I probably had a problem, <laughs> to be quite honest. Um, and especially like touring so much, it's easy to, you know, the lifestyle is Every day is. can be a party. It really yeah. is. Um, but it was a struggle, you know. It, 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 I made the decision to, to, to stop, but it took me probably three or four times to actually commit to it. Um, and it was only during the pandemic where the first like few months of the pandemic, I started drinking heavily again. Uh, and I got to a point where I was just like, I can't fucking do this anymore. I really can't. I was just like really unhealthy, really unfit really depressed um and i just made the decision that like, I've, I've just had enough um but i needed something to fill the void because i've got quite an addictive personality um obviously drumming is one thing um which obviously helps but i needed something that was more extreme so, so i took up uh, road cycling and now i cycle a lot was gonna mention that you bike a lot long distances in the mountains of spain it's amazing yeah i started last year in like three April, something like that. And I did 7,000 kilometers last year. Jesus Christ. Yeah, this year I've done about 2,000, but I'm touring a lot more, so it's kind of You're hard. touring, yeah. Um, it's, pretty, it's pretty difficult, actually, going, going on tour and then starting from zero again every time you come mm. off tour and again trying to get back up to a, a certain fitness level. It sounds but like excuses to me, but it I don't... It is excuses, it totally is. I'm just a fat bastard from love, love eating. <laughs> I'm teasing you. <laughs> That's amazing. All the power to you. That's, that's very, very cool that you're doing that. How about you, Jason? At what point was it like, because you were intense. I, I'll, yeah. I'll be frank and I'll be honest yeah. right now. I'm not, not going to bring up any things that I have seen with you. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, if you were in, you were all in. All in. And there was, there was no off button. No. Sometimes. No. Uh, yeah. Basically that is because of that. Like, so like like Lynn said, he's he's got a very addictive personality. Whereas I I feel like in that regard, I'm very similar. I'm very all or nothing. Right. So if I'm drinking, I'm fucking drinking. Like, and I'm gonna drink all of it. Right. <laughs> so so yeah, it's just it just got to a point where it was like, do you know what I mean? I was I was behaving like an asshole. I was I was shit faced all the time. It was like, and it was leaking into like my home life as well. So it's like, I'd be drinking for like fucking five, five weeks straight on tour. And it's not like, it's not like, Oh, have a drink after the show. It's fucking wake up, get to the venue, 
Oh, right. I'm bored now. Let's have some fucking tinnies. Start drinking all through the night. There was so, like, like there was a fucking show. I think it was in like fucking somewhere in New York or somewhere. And I was fucking arsehole. I was arsehole on stage and it was just a mess. I remember that show. That's scary then. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, it's just, it's just not good, man. It's not professional. It's, it's not like good for our fans. It's not good for the band. It's not good for me. It's not good for people around me as well. Like I'm not, I'm out of control when I drink, like I'm literally out of control. So, and, and again, it was affecting me mentally as well. Like I was like fucking well depressed and shit. And yeah, I just fucking, I was like, nah, fuck this. Like this can't, I can't, I can't continue to be in a band that's full time, that this is my job. This is my career. And it's not just that. This is something that we've spent 16 years building. Do you know what I mean? And I don't want to shit all over that because of, of drinking. Like, do you know what I mean? And and drugs as well. Like, I was fucking doing drugs as well and shit. Like, so I fuck, fuck that off. Fuck the alcohol off. And then <laughs> this year, so the only thing I had left was smoking weed, right? Which, I, which, all right, again, all or nothing. I fucking wake up in the morning, start smoking <laughs> weed. And I'd smoke weed all day <laughs> until I passed out at night, right? Which isn't harming anyone. You know what I mean? It weren't harming anyone. I was just, I was just stoned all day, like whatever. But then, um, fucking, uh, basically, it turns out that I've got this really rare condition called cannabinoid hyperemesis that I've developed through smoking too much weed. Over, well, I started smoking weed when I was like fifteen, and I'm thirty-five now. So twenty years of smoking weed, like. But what what is what is that condition? So what is cannabinoid hyperemesis? From what the doctor told me is basically, um, so you know THC in cannabis, how that has a calming effect on like nausea and it settles your stomach and stuff like that. Well, basically, what's happening inside my body now is because I've developed this condition. Is it does the absolute opposite of that. So what happens is I'll have these, I had these weird bouts of being violently sick and it would be like every 10, 15 minutes on the dot, like, and it would not stop. And this would go on for like, until I go to the hospital, basically the longest it ever went on for was seven days. Wow. That's horrible. And it's like every 10 minutes and I'd be waking up wow. vomiting, and then eventually it gets to the point where I was vomiting blood because there's nothing there. Cause I can't keep it horrible out. for your vocals, obviously. And yeah, health, but... obviously. And then, uh, I had to fucking go to hospital and then they'd have to give me like this intravenous anti-sickness cause they couldn't give me tablets cause I couldn't keep them down. And then eventually that would sort it out. But the funny thing is I got fucking, uh, misdiagnosed for a year. So I, ha- I was, I had it for like a year and got misdiagnosed cause I went to this hospital in Stockport where, where I live. And, um, they diagnosed me with gastritis, which is like a dietary condition. Um, so I changed my diet and I was like eating basically fucking vegan for a whole year, but it kept happening because I was smoking weed. <laughs> didn't know it was that. And then um, like, yeah, when we went, so I went over to fucking Mallorca to record vocals for the new album and I did like half a day's tracking and then bang, fucking bout of this fucking sickness. And I couldn't record, like, and I had to wait a few weeks and record it at home. How mad's that? That's but then eventually horrible, it happened. Man. It happened again, 
And then uh, the missus was like, right, fuck this. Like, I'm not fucking waiting around for you to be fucking vomiting blood and shit. Like, we're not doing this. As soon as it started, she just took me to a, a hospital in Manchester, in the cent- in the city centre of Manchester. Fucking gets there. And he like, and the doctor goes, first thing he asked me was, do you smoke weed? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, how much weed do you smoke? And I was like, all of it. <laughs> oh, that's like all of it however much you think it's probably more than that <laughs> and he was like he was like yeah read this and he gave me this leaflet and I read it and I was like oh no I was like every single thing I was like this is this is exactly it this is exactly it and he was like look he was like you are really really unlucky that you've got this because he said it only it only occurs in heavy cannabis users and it's even rare then like apparently they didn't even know about it until like 2010 or something it didn't like they didn't know that it was a thing and then uh yeah he was just basically like look if you stop smoking weed right now it will never happen again but if you carry on it might get to the point where it can't be reversed i was like okay I'm done. Looks like, looks like my brother's <laughs> going to get a nice little present this eve. Like, so, uh, yeah, so wow. I stopped and then it's not happened since. Holy so now, shit. So now, no more drinking. Yeah, so no more drinking. So now now I have... No more weed. I have pretend beers and, uh, and I have a CBD vape and I just pretend to have a good time. <laughs> and that, I was about to it. ask you what 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 is your new vice? Uh, Lynn's got the the cycling. What are you got? What are you vices? It's this mega nerdy um, Dungeons and Dragons. That's amazing. And no, that's cool. <laughs> I think it's cool. <laughs> so I paint space marines all day. That's because it's going to be happening backstage now. Get ready, people. You think there's a big party backstage? There is. There's a cycle, and, <laughs> and there's Dungeons and Dragons me, going on. It's me sat on the floor rolling dice, and Lynn's just cycling <laughs> in a circle around me. <laughs> Massive cheers to you both for, for taking you. your, your lives into that. your hands and, and out of the, the hands of your addictions. It's amazing. I'm so proud of you both. Uh, this Wake Brewing is, I have to talk about it, it's delicious. It's a little bit sweet, uh, not too sweet, not too boozy, very, very, very killer Wake, of course. The brothers, they're the best. Um, I would love to hear about, um, let's talk about Ashes Lie Still. Let's jump straight into it. Um, November 4th, it's coming. First Metal Blade, um, stepping away from Unique Leader would start. Let's let's. Talk, I like to ask the spicy questions. Um, <laughs> how does that relationship? You you build a whole relationship, and I know I've had Jamie on before that runs uh, Unique Leaders. You go, you guys are basically like their staple champion band. What is it like for a label to not resign and to have you guys jump to a bigger thing? Is it something that you thought about? Is there like a thing about? Um, I have commitment. It's not the right word of staying loyal to, to a label. Is that, is that something that ever occurred to you or just jumping up to metal blade? Cause it's a bigger platform made sense to you guys. I think we, we always wanted to sign with metal blade. Like we have all, we've always said that since the beginning. Like whenever anyone says like, Oh, what's like your dream label metal blade was always up there. It was always up there. And like, our relationship with Unique Leaders still fine. Like it's still fine. Like we did, we did a lot together. Um, we worked with Jamie on our first album on Siege of Amida Records as well. So you know, there's a lot of history there. So there's no like, there's no like 
drama or bad blood or any shit like that. Like, <laughs> um, but it's just it's it's like we we felt like we'd got to a point where we were ready for the next step. Like as a band, like we were ready for the next step. We felt like even though we'd had a good relationship with Unit Leader and we'd done great things together, we felt like we couldn't. We were pressed up against a gas a glass ceiling there at the time like do you know what i mean so in order for us to break through that glass ceiling we felt like career career wise it was time to move on and and that's it really that's it i mean we we were we were flirting with the idea of going um independent at one point as well like because we were like oh well you know we could do this we could do that and then basically metal blade gave us a call and we were like, yo, <laughs> <laughs> this is so much easier. Yeah. We were just like, okay. Like. <laughs> but, um, the, your previous album were gods. Um, was that like the end of a contract with unique? Uh, no, the end of the contract was surreption Two. This got it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we'd also released out of contract, I guess you say, um, two EPs as well. Um, so we more than fulfilled our, our, our deal together. Um, but it kind of, like Jay said, it it run its course. We got to the end of the contract. Um, we had an offer from Unilever. We had an offer from uh, another independent um, online distributor. Um, and we were kind of like flirting with different ideas, but we didn't really make a decision. Um, we were kind of like, let's just see how it goes. Um, and then Metal Blade approached us and we were like, hmm, this is the spanner in the works. Let's see, let's see what they want. <laughs> It's, uh, you know, one of the biggest labels in the world and they've built massive careers for small bands such as Cannibal Corpse, as an example. Um, so and the relationships they, they tend to build with their bands is something that I find very. Um, I think we suit the label. I, I think Ingested suits Metal Blade because we've always played the long game. Like we've already been a band for 16 years. We've done six or seven albums. You know, we, we have a plan to go on the next 10 years, 15 years. So being on another label that's, you know, has a short term plan doesn't suit us. We need a home that will, that we, we need someone that we, that we can call a home for a long period of time, like what Black Dahlia had, Cannibal Corpse have, Whitechapel, you know? So I think we suit each other in that sense. I love it. I was so happy. I was proud of you guys. I, I heard the whispers before because uh, my guitarist, Christian Donaldson, <laughs> uh, always tends to to find his way into your workhouse somehow. Uh, no to talk to me about working with Donaldson. <laughs> <laughs> I love to. I whenever I talk to a band that works with Donaldson, I, I love to get the the juice about why <laughs> you can continue to keep working with uh, Donaldson, even though you're tight with Nico uh, from Mallorca, um, the guy behind Mal which is a killer little project that Lynn's a part of that, you know, someone might have saying, oh, Jason sang a song on, and maybe I did too. <laughs> um, <laughs> talk to me about working with Donaldson again and again and why you keep going back to him. Um, I think by this point, his his sound is synonymous with our, our, sound, our sound. So when we worked together in 2013, it was kind of like, hmm, this is a step in the right direction together. And I feel like since 2013, when we did the Revere by No One EP, We've kind of evolved together in, in a sense. Um, so there's just no reason not to work with anyone else. The thing is, is he, he's so easy to work with. 
in the sense that, you know, we obviously we work with Nico for recording purposes, but we've worked with other engineers for recording purposes as well in the UK. We've never actually recorded with Christian. Um, he only mixes at this point. But every time we send him stems, it's, it comes back and we're like, yeah, that's close enough. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to yeah. say. And it, it's usually him that's going on a tangent for forever and ever, like making small detail, uh, detail changes. And we're just like, Christian, just... You just when you when you're happy, just tell us it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, uh, Jason? Yeah, I mean, like I just I just love the sound that he gets, and like Lynn said, it's like we've we've been working together for so long. It's like we've evolved together, like like Lynn said. Um, it's like every every album that we do together, we get better at writing songs. Mm-hmm. We get better 100%. At, at everything that we do. And and Christian's getting better every single time. And every time, like when when I heard uh, when we got the final mix for "We're Only Gods," like back from him, I was like, "Oh, mate, like this sounds massive. Like this sounds fucking huge." Like, and then then like you think it can't get any better. And then we got the mix back for Ashes, and we're like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? And he just manages to fucking nail it, and he knows our sound so well. He knows, he knows exactly. Like, it's very rare that I ever have any like like proper notes about like uh, effects or whatever on mm-hmm. my vocals because he it's like he knows what I want already. The notes are usually our mistakes that we've left. Yeah, in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's, that's like, what it is. We're like shit, that's not supposed to be there. <laughs> <laughs> he just knows us. He knows us so well. He knows. He knows us. He knows our sound. He knows the atmosphere. Uh, he just, he, yeah. There's just no one better to to do ingested basically, because he just, like I said, he just he's got it down. He knows the ingested sound. He knows the ingested feel. So, yeah, I think that's incredible. Almost 10 years working with him. So keep the relationship going. And uh, I, I, I'm in love with it. So I love working with him. I just did my vocals for the new album. And uh, I hope that you guys one day can have that gift of actually tracking with him and have him because he's he's a genius. Honestly, elephant in the room. Uh, a lot of people are asking about it. Um, touring is a three piece. Uh, the band being a three piece. Um, obviously, I've interviewed all of Ingested. Uh, the the you the big thing that I was so baffled about you guys was at the at the time it was twelve years, all original members. That just does not happen. You guys have kept that up. You just cut people out, which is <laughs> still all original. Fat. I like that. You're at sixteen years now. Uh, Brad and Sam are no longer with the band. Uh, give me the PR answer. Uh, why? What, what's going on there? Well, Brad left. When was that? That was like five fucking years ago, wasn't it? I think it was right, right after my tour. Yeah, your tour was the last tour he did. Uh, he just, he just didn't like, he didn't like touring. He just, that, he, he just, he got to the point where it's like we've been doing it for so long. It's like not for everyone. Though, like, what twelve years or something? Yeah, and he just, he just wasn't happy anymore. But it's like me mm-hmm. and me and me and Brad have a great relationship. Like me and Brad have known each other. We've been best friends since we were like eleven years old. Exactly. So it's like we still play fucking Dungeons and Dragons every week and like <laughs> we speak to each other every day and shit. Um so yeah, he just he, he just fell out of love with with the lifestyle and 
And obviously we were like, we were different. Like you said, we were different beasts back then. We were, we were all fucking drinking. There was fucking drugs flying around. There was all kinds of shit. So it was like parties and, and arguments is, is, is something that I, I have written on this paper right here. Fights and, you know, someone leaving summer slaughter because of a, fist fight and th- that is one that surprised <laughs> me when i saw sam was you, you talked about it on the podcast with me so it, it's it's public knowledge mm. on Fox and Pops. um <laughs> when i saw sam was no longer the band is something that i was like oh shit because i know sam and sean have been friends for ever and yeah. ever they, they loved hate each other growing up on the same street saying who the fuck is that kid skateboarding and then it ended up being them learning guitar together trying to one-up each other and now sam is no longer around so um that makes me sad because uh he was fun is fun probably still he was a big part of the branding of ingested too so so that's something that i thought about what how you guys are going to pick up that side because everyone ingested has a job basically that's why your your work and his was really like the merch the visual side of things he did a lot of stuff like that so to talk to me about sam leaving um well basically i mean the long and short of it is is like some people change and some people don't and basically oh there was there was some personal issues that were going on in his life that basically made his position in the band untenable so he decided to leave and that was it really i mean it was difficult though it was fucking rough it was difficult for everyone and it was not what we wanted at the time um it was it was a very very difficult period and and also the period where when he left was before we signed to metal blade so it was like every, everything was up in the air. It was like, right, we finished our contract with Union Leader. We've got no touring plans. The album's out, but we can't really tour it. Um, then Sam left. And it was just like, we don't want to fucking do with this band. Like, wh- where are we going? Um, so we kind of got our shit together as a, as a three and just thought, right. It, 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 made, it made us tighter as a three and just thought, you know what? We're just going to power through um, and do the best we can, really. Um, so yeah, I mean, we've had uh, a live guitarist uh, fill, it, fill his spot. Right, he right. sort of looks like Sam. He sort yeah, of looks like just, him, just a little like bit stretched version. <laughs> yeah, he's taller. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he's got Ross. He's fucking. Cheers to Ross he, for, for stepping yeah. in, and he's yeah. a shit hot guitar player. Mm. He's a shit hot guitar player. Guys. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, lots of love to Sam. I have to say it. I, I always had lots of fun with him. I hope he's okay. I'm sending him positive vibes, and I hope that uh, whatever's going on in his life uh, resolves itself positively, and that you guys are still amicable. I hope uh, because many years together building something amazing, it's worth still giving each other hugs for, even if he's no longer there with you. Yeah. I mean, I mean, to be honest, I mean, it sounds it sounds a bit shit to say, but like we have, like Lynn said we've become so tight as a unit now, the three of us. Like, we are... If you see us live now, we're a different beast altogether. This is, like, this is the best we have ever been. Like, which which sounds weird, because we've lost a member, but... Well, you you do have very, very, very good bass stuff going on with Dom Grimao, who also fills in for Cryptopsy when Ollie's busy with cattle decapitation. Um, the Last Felony, Ion Dissonance, uh, he helps out Chris uh, with the production stuff uh, that he does for bands, uh, Christian Donaldson, of course. And uh, he 
did all the bass on your albums for the past two albums, I want to say. And the spirit of Dom Grimard plays live with us every day. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And he's awesome. So one day, hopefully, he, he, awesome. he has played a show with you, right? He has, yeah. yeah. He I feel like he two. has in Montreal. played two. That's it. Yeah. yeah. I love him to death. Yeah, he's a great dude. I love Dom. Great, great, great dude. But uh, yeah, a three-piece makes sense, especially when you're dividing up the money at the end. Uh, I will say that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's up, Fox and Hopsins? I just want to take a little moment about Cryptopsy's upcoming tours. That's right. I'm talking about the Scream of Perseverance tour and our headliner dates that coincide with that tour called As Summer Burns. The Scream of Perseverance tour is kicking off at the end of May and runs all the way until the end of June. We are supporting the mighty death to all. We are going all over the United States and we are hitting some of Canada. So excited to be honoring the legendary music of death alongside amazing musicians that performed on these albums. Even more stoked to be doing some headliner dates in some cities that I've actually never played in. If you are planning to come to any of these shows, you should definitely grab your tickets by going to voxandhops.com slash summer, and you will be able to grab all of your tickets there. That's voxandhops.com slash summer. Do it, people. Come hang out with me. Enjoy life, metal, and craft beer in your hometown. Come to a show. We're going to have a great time. Now, enough about all of that. Let's get back to the episode. Mental health. I love talking about mental health. I think it's important. It's come up a lot so far in the conversation. Uh, dark times, um, addictions, masking as a way to make you feel better was actually making you feel worth, worse. Sorry. Um, how do you make yourself feel better when you're not doing well? What, what steps do you take to remain positively mental health? Um, cycling, I imagine, is one answer. Yeah, I, I think in general for me, it's just setting goals. Um, so whether whether it's you know, cycling or going to the gym or something to do with the band, something to do with drumming, whatever it is. I think it, I think it's important to set yourself goals um, with a clean mind, which helps. With obviously, not drinking, doing drugs, etc. Um, and the, and the thing is, I, I found that they don't have to be life goals, just achievable goals that you can just set yourself and be like, right, in the next week, I want to be able to do this, or in the next month, I want to be able to do that. Um, and I feel like it just helps focus your mind, um, keep it clear, and it just. It fills you with a bit of, it fills you fills you with progress, and feel like you're actually going somewhere. You're not just sat doing the fucking same shit over and over again. Um, I'm excellent, excellent idea. That it's hard. It's it's hard though. It, it, nothing in life worth doing is fucking easy. It really is. No, you know, and we know that better than anyone with this, with this band. It's just yeah. You know how much we used to tour. It's fucking brutal. Yeah, you know, and you guys are you know, relentless. Did, exactly. Um, and it nearly killed us all, really, because we, yeah. we were fucking in a hole. Like, um, now you're doing uh, every tour I see you getting announced is is bigger and better. So, yeah, something something worked. Yeah, it's a long road. Someone... It's been a very steep road, <laughs> but we're still climbing it. <laughs> yeah. It's like everyone's all impressed with with the success of Lorna Shore, as if they're a new band. You know, what's the secret? You know, it's, it's 10, 10, 15 years of work that goes into that. There's a lot of bands that that would happen to that would be like, not jealous, but I'd be like, ugh. But I love those guys so much and I respect them so much as musicians and people and, and their work ethic that I'm just only happy for them because I'm, I'm proud of them. And they're as fucking surprised as anyone that it's happened. You know, when you speak to them, they're just like, we know what the fuck we're doing. We're just like, just ride that fucking train <laughs> as long as you can. Ride. <laughs> just, just enjoy the ride yeah, at yeah. that point. 
Um, how about you, Jason? Mental health. What, what steps do you take to if you're feeling down and out? You got you don't have weed anymore. No. Um, drinking only made it worse. Yeah. What What do you do? Um, I mean, when I'm on tour, like I just, I just try and lose myself in the show. Like the show, like regardless of how shitty I'm feeling, like the show will always make me feel better. Like it will always make me feel better, even if it's a shit show. It'll make me feel better. Um, <laughs> but when I'm at home and I'm feeling like pretty low or whatever, like I just I just spend time with my kids and my family. I, I've got a really supportive wife. Um, she like supports me in everything that I do. So, you know, I can't, I, I can't like complain about anything really. But I mean, like that's not what depression is though, is it? It's like sometimes you can't put your finger on why it is that you feel the way that you feel. Um, so yeah, just surround yourself with good people, people that you trust and people that you love. Um, like, yeah. And when, when we're on tour as well, like it helps that we're a bit closer than we used to be now as well. Like, it's funny how you guys were together for so long, but it took all these massive obstacles to bring you closer together. Yeah, because we were yeah. fucking idiots. Yeah, because we were all we were <laughs> all maniacs. Now, now we we're like there was a lot of fighting. I will say that <laughs> <laughs> it was fun to watch. It was fun to be involved. <laughs> <laughs> now we operate like a machine. Like we 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 just we're so focused uh, these days. I don't want to say oh you know we operate like a sole business because it's not just a business being in a band. It is. It's something unique, you know. You have to love it. Yeah. It's passion. You have it to really love. is. It's, it's, oh, yeah. And it's a gamble. It's it's you, you, you were saying putting goals. It's hard to put goals for the band because you're not in control. Yeah. You know, Lorna Shore could have never five years ago say, we're going to go through all this shit. We're going to kick out our singer because he's a piece of shit and get a new singer. And he's going to be the fucking coolest singer in the world. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't have done that plan, you know? So it's hard to make plans. You have to love it. You have to enjoy the ride and you have to be willing to take the ride. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you didn't love it, why would you put yourself through this? If you're on tour and you see one of, your, one of the guys, one of the guys is in a down place. What is your step? Let's say you see Lynn one day. You see Lynn's a bit bummed out what what is the tactic ask him if he's okay and just be there to listen uh, you don't have to have any advice or anything you just sometimes it's just all you have to do is just be there sometimes you don't even have to say anything like do you know what i mean sometimes it's like i just i like sometimes i might feel like i just want to be on my own and sometimes that might make me feel better just being completely alone be away from everybody and that's that Sometimes we know that each other might well make enough feel as well that we can sense it. It's yeah. not like if Jay feels like that, he doesn't have to come up to me and be like, "Just leave me alone for a bit." It's like, I, I, I yeah. know I'm not fucking. He'll just leave like, me um, alone. Yeah. Or if I just need, like, I might just need to just sit with you. Like, I don't need to speak to you or tell you anything or anything. Just being around people might make me feel better in that. In in another instance, do you know what I mean? It's just it depends on. Depends on the day and how you're feeling, really. <laughs> to be honest, it's, like, it's all fucking peaks and troughs, isn't it? You just like again, it's just another wave you have to ride. Well, I didn't talk about Sean yet. How is Sean doing? He's got twins. Mm. Tired. 
He's tired. <laughs> that's what he's doing right now. Yeah, that's, that's why he's that's not here. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, it's my fault. I couldn't do it a little bit later. I apologize. I would, I would have loved to have all three of you on. <laughs> nah, he's great though, man. He's good. Yeah, he's good. That makes me happy. I love it. I'm late. His hair looks good. Tell him that. But yeah. <laughs> he's getting married in January and his missus is making him cut it. Alright, Lynn, you're gonna have to grow yours then. <laughs> so we'll just be around the back and sides. I look like fucking Devin Townsend like 15 years ago. <laughs> I love collabs. I've made a lot of collabs. Wake made this collab for at the gates. Uh, you guys did have a beer. Juggernaut Brewing Company made something with cherries, I wanna say. Obviously a beer doesn't make sense for you guys anymore. Uh, but if you could make a collab, what would be the perfect collab for ingested now? Could be a tea, could be a coffee, could be anything. We could be creative together right now. Yeah, we did oh. tea before, didn't we? Yeah, we did tea, yeah. We did tea. We did mm. tea with that uh, satanic with tea. With Pitch Black North, yeah. yeah with yeah, Pitch yeah. Black North. I think you guys gave me the idea to contact him. <laughs> and I did, and I made Cryptopsy tea, and we have new things in the works as oh, well. So uh, sh- shout out to Dominic. Yeah, He's yeah. awesome from Pitch Black North. That's true. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, I would um, like a milkshake. A milkshake. Because <laughs> I like milkshakes. <laughs> That would be badass. Horrible for your vocals, though. Yeah, it's for after. It's for after the show, isn't it? <laughs> I what, love what, a what would be What would be what would be the ingested milkshake? Uh, well, the base of it would have to be chocolate. Okay. And then maybe some banana in it. Just vanilla. Like Just do vanilla. No, that's boring. If you, if you that's can't like do... Oh, here's <laughs> the new ingested milkshake. It's vanilla. <laughs> Oh, sick. <laughs> Listen, I've, I've got a theory, right? If you if you go to someone that sells milkshakes and they can't do a vanilla milkshake, right, then it's pointless. Who can't do a vanilla milkshake? Exactly. Everyone can do a place. vanilla milkshake. If they can't do a margarita pizza well at a pizza place, then forget about it. What's that is true. That is true. <laughs> um, I typically wrap up <laughs> with uh, my hangover cures, but obviously... That no longer applies here. So, so what would be the silver lining to the time at home when you weren't allowed to do what you're supposed to be doing? Let's wrap up with that instead. The silver lining of your pandemic. You go first, Jason. The silver lining of my pandemic was just spending time with my family. We're spending time at home with my family because it's not, it's, I mean, even though like now, now that even though we're a full-time touring band and we're touring all year i spend more time at home now with my family than i did when i had a full-time job working in a restaurant really that's see that's interesting then because because when you're working in a restaurant or whatever you're there for fucking because i was managing a restaurant so i was there like fucking six days a week fucking seven in the morning to like fucking two in in the morning and then you do that six days a week it's like you don't see anyone yeah. Like, so you go home, you sleep, you kiss them. Yeah. You kiss them in the it. morning, and that's it. Yeah. That's it. Like, I'd, I'd be, I'd be home. Everybody would be in bed. I'd leave for work. Everybody would still be asleep. Like, do you know what I mean? So it's like I just wouldn't see him. So, but yeah, like, so even though I see him now more than, more than I did when I was working full time, just being at home during the pandemic, like having my family around me, was like very comforting because i couldn't do what it's something that we never did yeah it's it's a whole summer at home with no festivals yeah. it was like summer holidays for a year 
It was fun. It, it was for two years. <laughs> two years. <laughs> it was fun at first. But, uh, <laughs> how about you, Lynn? Obviously, beautiful Mallorca. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. Can't go wrong there. You're close to Mega. Shout out to Mega. I yeah, want to yeah. bring him up too. I don't know if you get to hang out with him. You should hang out with him every day. He's never fucking here. Like, whenever I'm here, he's not here, and vice versa. Unfortunately. Um, but I did see him the other week actually because I went to an Ultima show uh, in Mallorca and I saw Flo as well. Silver lining was watching Liverpool win the league. For the first time in 30 years, 100%. Um, other than that, just getting my shit together, to be honest. Just getting my shit together, really. Just being mentally and physically fitter. Uh, better management. The band's more focused. That's it, That's it, really, to be honest. Nothing crazy. I'm proud of you guys. The sky's the limits. The sky's the limits. You can, you can make all the plans you want, but it's it's going to be in the hands of, of the fans and the industry. But, but you guys are ready. Is is what I'm seeing right now, which is amazing. I think it's what you, what you, you understand when you're in a band for a long time. And I'm sure you'll know this as well. Is that you can't tell what people think. You just don't know what what they if they're going to like your stuff or or what's the next trend. You just don't know. So you can only write music for yourself. There's nothing else you can do. And if you don't enjoy it, then what's the fucking point? So no, you guys have a you're hashed out your identity. I feel it more and more on every release. So. Just keep being. Ashes Lie Still, November 4th, Metal Blade Records. Check it out, people. This is an absolute blast hanging out with my two friends that I hadn't seen in a very, very long time. I'm going to say massive cheers to you guys. I appreciate you being with me. This was a huge blast. Soon. We're going to hang out face-to-face. Hell yeah. Right after this album comes out, because you're coming through here with Lorna Shore. Yes, we are. Aborted. It'll be in Montreal. Um, lots of Vox and Ops alumni. It's going to be a lot of fun. Massive. The last show is actually in Montreal. It is the last show. I yeah. know, yeah. So, uh, so, cheers to you guys. So, we'll so I'll be talking like this by the end of that. So. <laughs> Massive cheers. Thank you. But, okay, man. Cheers. <laughs> hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right today. You know that I love and appreciate that. Man, this was an awesome conversation. It's just unbelievable how two years can just disappear and you don't get to hang out with your friends, but... As soon as you're back in a room together, immediately back to being excellent friends. I love that. I love Lynn. I love Jason. I miss the rest of the boys in Ingested. Man, I just can't love them enough. I'm so proud of them for what they've accomplished, for becoming clean, for becoming sober, for becoming focused. Ingested are a force to be reckoned with. I just can't wait to see how high they climb now that they are absolutely focused on what's important to them the most. Massive cheers to Lynn and Jason for hanging out with me. I cannot wait to see you when you come through Montreal with Lorna Shore, Aborted, Carcosa, and Of Sulfur. It's going to be a massive night, and I'm so stoked for that. Now, if you enjoyed this Vox and Hops episode, you should sign up to the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast mailing list. You can get it on my website, voxandhops.com. That's V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S.com. When you do that, you shall receive one email a month containing all of the details that has been happening recently in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. You can see which episodes I dropped that month. You get to see which episodes I have coming up in the next month. You also get to hear about any projects I have in the works before I announce them to the public, such as the very cool four-year anniversary collabs that are coming out four brews all across North America. I'm very stoked about that. You also get to see which albums the Vox and Hops album review crew have reviewed recently, and you'll get to see which albums Jerry Monk, the metal architect himself, has added to the Brutal Awakenings playlist. Trust me, there's just 
so much going on in the world of the Vox and Hospital podcast. I hate for you to miss a single thing, so please sign up to the mailing list. The Vox and Hospital podcast is brought to you by Sound, Talent, Media, and Evergreen Podcasts. I hope you have a killer next few days. I have another episode coming up this Friday. But until then, remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hops heads. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind. Uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little a little taste of it, right down to the shaky microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick. And usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work. But we talk about decidedly not-so-grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics, um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love, want to love, or hate. Yeah, imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that, that uh, has impacted your life. Uh, and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week. So triangulate your speakers. Think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot, and listen to Axe Grind Podcast. <laughs>